You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. Being misdiagnosed for all those years and being on the wrong medication was really detrimental to my life. I was manic for three years. I had suicidal thoughts I wanted to use all the time, and I completely destroyed a lot of things in my life. My guest today is a co-host on the show, One Podcast at a Time. Her name is Chrissy, and she's here to tell us about her recovery journey. Welcome to the show. So my name is Chrissy. I'm from the Philadelphia area. I am really excited to be here. I also do my own podcast show, which I love. So it's always nice to like get involved with other podcasts. Um, I'm on one podcast at a time. I've been in recovery for, I guess it'll be, it'll be 10 years on March 3rd, actually. Um, and my life prior to finding recovery was, I guess the only word I can use for it is disaster. <laughs> This was definitely not somewhere that I wanted to be. This was like kind of my last stop on the block. I did everything that I could to resist being in a 12-step fellowship, any kind of recovery. I thought like, you know, I had this and it was like not, you know, that I didn't need this. I didn't need a program. I didn't need anybody in my life. I didn't need all those things. I'm a very stubborn Italian woman and always believe I can do everything on my own. I didn't like have this like horrible story about how um, like some awful childhood or anything like dramatic happened in my lifetime that brought me to this point. I just, to be completely honest, just like the way that drugs and alcohol made me feel, period. I am an addict in every sense of the word. I have still have addictive addictive tendencies like to this day, which I'm still working on. I'm definitely not perfect, but it's very easy for me to become like obsessive and compulsive with anything, not just drugs and alcohol. So basically, yeah, I just, I liked to get high and drink and it got super out of control very fast. And then I really didn't think like anybody knew, like that was my whole thing. I really didn't think that anybody knew what I was doing. Um, And here everybody knew. So I continued on my crazy life for probably like three or four years, slowly cutting everybody out of my life, my parents, any friendships that may have been lingering, I cut them too. Um, I was in an abusive relationship, um, which only fueled my addiction further. I remember one day um, my partner went to jail. I got evicted. I lost my job like within the same week. And I still like would not admit I had a problem. It took me a really long time to admit that I had a problem. So I ended up going to rehab only because I didn't have any ways and means to get more. Um, not because I wanted help. So I went to my first rehab back in 2008. I completed my 28 days. 
and I went moved home with my mom and I got high again. And then shortly after that was my first experience of going to jail. My addiction took me to jail a few times. Unfortunately, jail is a huge part of my story. Grateful to not have to be there anymore. It's not really like the best place. Anyone that's been there knows. But unfortunately, that's where my addiction took me. I was in and out of jail, I guess, when all was said and done, like almost 11 times, I think. I was in and out of like three or four treatment facilities um, at the end of my addiction. So the month after I went to rehab was the month I first went to jail. My mom bailed me out. I said I would never do it again. I was done. And I came out and did it again. Nothing was changing. Like my thinking wasn't changing. Um, my mindset wasn't changing. I still honestly didn't think I had a problem. The next month I went to rehab. The next month I went to jail and it alternated like that for a while. I ended up getting put on this program that we have out in Philadelphia area, um, Pennsylvania. It's called um, Drug Court. It's a great program. They helped me seriously so much. They were willing to do anything for me as long as I could just stay clean. And I could not. I was not ready. I lied to them. I manipulated them. I used. I, you know, just was very resistant to anything they had to offer me, um, unfortunately. And like I said, it's a great program for people that are ready. That wasn't me. Um, I eventually was terminated off their program and did another run in jail. I had did eight months that time. And like I came home that time and then changed things that I thought I needed to change, like little bits here and there. Uh, I was still hanging out with the same people. I was still going to the same places. I was going to meetings only because I had to, not because I really wanted to, just to get my little card signed. And eventually, like, I ended up relapsing again. So after that time, I think it was only, like, a brief relapse, maybe of two weeks, I went back to jail again. And that brings us up to now. That was March 3rd, 2011. And I have, just for today, not used a mind-altering, mood-altering substance since that day. No nothing, no drugs, no alcohol, no nothing. Um, completely abstinent from everything. And that is the only way that I'm able to have the life that I have today. My way doesn't work for me. Nothing that I actually want to do or like any ways that I want to do things ever work for me. I think it's taken me this long in this um, in recovery to realize that I don't know anything. I like didn't really even know how to like live my life um, without screwing everything up. Like when I put my hands in things or make my own decisions, it's usually not the right one. I'm very grateful today to have people in my life that I can like bounce ideas off of and a great sponsor and like you know I've completed all 12 steps which doesn't mean that I am cured or anything or better than anyone I just need like to start over and work on new things because trust me I'm still definitely not perfect and definitely definitely still make crazy bad decisions sometimes but like I'm making them clean and sober and that is the win for me in that aspect I came home, I did, the last time I was in jail, 
I did a year in jail. Um, I came home back to my parents' house again, which was always very humbling, but still grateful for them allowing me to do so. I came home back to their house and changed everything. Like, never talked to my old friends that were using again. Changed my phone number. Went to meetings, sat up front, paid attention, got a sponsor, started doing step work, started making clean friends, making friends who were doing the same things that I was doing. It's really hard to have people in your life that are not doing this, like only doing this. Like, I mean, I'm sure you'll have some people in your life that are not clean in the program. That's fine. It was hard for me in recovery to have people that were like using and me trying to stay clean. And they were the only people in my life. It didn't, that didn't work for me. So I had to get with some people that were about what I was about. And I've been, you know, clean ever since, like I said, and changing everything was the only way for me. And I did not get clean and sober until the minute I was ready to get clean and sober. It's not something that you're going to do for your kids. It's not something that you're going to do for your family or your partner or any of those things. It's something that you're going to do for you. I know people that use and have kids and say, I want to stay clean for my kids and they can't. It's not something that you could do for anyone else but yourself. I mean, they'll look in my mom's eyes when she would cry. Just please don't, please don't do that. Please don't. I mean, and honestly, when I was using, I really didn't care that she was crying. I only cared about myself. Addiction is a very, like, selfish thing when you're in it. You only think about yourself and your, what you need and what you can get and what people can do for you. That's how I operate anyway. Very self-centered disease. But I did not get clean, sober, and one minute before I wanted to. And I totally believe that because the only reason I'm still here today because I want to be. I guess maybe like a year and a half after I came home this last time, I got off probation. I got my driver's license back. Things just started to happen like in my life for me, um, like positive things. No matter if I wanted them to or not, the change just started to happen. And like when I first got here this last time, I was still very like, you know, weary of everything. But I honestly like the one day at a time thing. I hated that when I first got here. It's honestly one of the biggest lifesavers in my life today. Like sometimes when I feel like I can't do something, like I can't get through the situation or how am I going to make it through this? Like I literally take things minute by minute, day by day, hour by hour, whatever works like to get through things. Um, the small amount of times are a lot easier to look at than the big picture for me. And I learned that here. My recovery hasn't always been like an easy thing. I've been through a lot of things clean. I've been through a lot of loss clean. I've lost a lot of my friends to overdoses clean. Actually, today Today is my one of my friend's anniversaries, um, my friend Michelle. We lost her five years ago today. I'm actually, like, really good friends with her um, sister. She's one of my best friends today, and it's it doesn't really ever get easier when you lose people in this program. 
because you just want to know like why me and why not them like why can i get this and they can't get this and as crazy as it sounds like every time something like that happens it makes me love and be more grateful for my seat like i said i've been through a lot of stuff in here a lot of really painful things i've been through loss of friends i've been through heartbreak i've been through a lot of changes in my life here um but with the bad always comes the good um i've also been through like a lot of really good things in this process this time um i've held positions in companies that i didn't even think that i would ever that i could ever have i've been you know an educator I'm a hairdresser, so I've been an educator for a multi-million dollar hair company since I've been clean. I've been, I've managed salons, and then, you know, just recently, like, going through all this, like, pandemic stuff, uh, my crazy addict self decided to open my own salon, so that's what I did. Um, Like, six months ago, I opened my own little salon, and I've been doing that ever since, and I'm telling you, like, if I was out there doing what I was doing, living how I was living, none of this would, would ever be possible in my life ever. And I'm not just talking about like the material things that we get when we come here, because you do, you get material things here when you stay clean. You The stuff that you get that you can't buy, like the self-worth, the self-esteem, the self-respect, like the general feeling of happiness, the ability to even feel your emotions, those those things that you get here, you, you money can't buy and they're not replaceable. I think they are probably my favorite, my favorite things. Like the ability to feel love, be love, give love, like those kinds of things. I never had that before. I was just always so numb all the time. I always had like a, a really big problem with relationships, like with people, friendships, romantic, all the things. And like I've been single now for um, a year and a half, and I'm not mad. I feel like when I become single and have time to myself, that's when the work starts for me. Last year was a very hard year in my recovery. I'll just briefly talk about that. I believe that everyone's addiction stems from a certain places, whether it be trauma, mental health, um painful situations like those kinds of things so i'll just be the first one to say that my addiction definitely stems from mental health um so last year i guess all of that came to a head i had gotten out to out of a relationship maybe like three or four years ago and had went to my primary care doctor which i do not recommend ever doing for medication I went to my primary care doctor. She gave me antidepressants. Turns out, took me three years to figure out <laughs> that I was not depressed. I'm actually diagnosed with bipolar. So being misdiagnosed for all those years and being on the wrong medication was really detrimental to my life. I was manic for three years. I had suicidal thoughts. I wanted to use all the time and I completely destroyed a lot of things in my life. I completely destroyed myself. I distanced myself from the program. I distanced myself from my friends. I ruined my my relationship that I was in, um, who it was someone that I thought I was gonna spend the rest of my life with. And I did a lot of horrible things to this person and 
you know, it just, it breaks my heart when I think about it. It was probably one of the biggest learning experiences that I've ever been through in my entire recovery. But no matter what or who or whatever, I always need to keep my recovery, my meetings, my mental health, all those things first, because if not, anything that I put in front of it, I will lose. And that happened to me. My entire world crumbled, I guess, last summer, not the one that just passed on before in 2019. And I had to rebuild my entire life over again. I had to like, you know, recommit to my recovery, recommit to myself. And this has been, this past year and a half has been the best year I've had clean, like feelings wise. I've never felt more alive and more like myself. And I'll just say like in this process, if when you stay, like there's so many ebbs and flows, you'll go through so many things, but the win for me and the win for you will be staying clean and sober and going through all this stuff and like really doing the work. It makes you into this person you have never, you'll have never thought you could ever be. My life today is insane. It's very busy, very full of things. My life today is really good. I am really grateful for all of the things that have brought me to this point that I am in now. The highs, the lows, the people that came in and out and the relationships that failed and the relationships I've gained and all those things um, for my sponsee and for my sponsor and the step work and everything. Like, it sounds like, you know, cliche and all the things, but like, it works if you put your mind to it um, and do the next right thing. But I don't know, like, I, like I said, I've been through a lot of stuff in this process. And when I thought I couldn't move forward or couldn't handle one more minute, I have people there in my life today that carried me. And for that, I am the most grateful person ever. Like I said, my life today is amazing. And I wouldn't trade it in for anything or any of the things that made me that shaped me into this point. I also know what kind of work it takes to stay here. It's not easy to stay here. I know this and anyone that's here knows this. But the rewards of staying here are greater than the rewards of leaving. So that's all I got. That was awesome. And I think I think we have some similar stories and kind of going back to something you shared in the beginning. And I think it's a great point is that we don't necessarily have to have some kind of traumatic event when we're kids to, to end up using, I know for me, like my life was, I guess, quote unquote, normal. Like there wasn't any sort of major event that, that happened in my life, some kind of trauma that caused me to want to use. And I think my parents blame themselves sometimes. And I, and, and I've tried to explain to them, like, you guys didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing that you did that made me want to use like and it's hard to explain but there's just there was always something there that i just wanted to try yeah drugs i wanted to see what different things would make me feel like and so i think it's important that that we let people know that not everybody that's an addict it's not necessarily a result of some terrible trauma event that happened in our lives exactly yeah so i think that was a, a great point 
<clears throat> I just got high because I just like to get high, period. <laughs> like, I just like the way drugs and alcohol made me feel. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know my mom still blames herself. And we had a conversation not too long ago. And she's like, what did I do wrong? Like, why? Why did you turn out the way you did? And it was like, it, it wasn't you. It, it has nothing to do with how you raised me. Like, you did a great job. I know you did the best you could. I, it was just something that I wanted to do. I liked the way it made me feel. I liked the escape. Yep. So I love I, I love that point. I think you're the first person that's brought that up on the show. And not to like knock anybody else, but I feel like everybody else has that I've talked to has some kind of story about abuse or a tragedy or something that happened. And I, and I love that you're bringing that up that, you know, you had a normal childhood. There wasn't that event. So I, I love that. That's awesome. When I tell you I was probably one of those spoiled brats you would have ever met when I was growing up. I didn't want for anything. Like, nothing. My family was great and still ended up on this path. So it really doesn't, doesn't really matter. Like, what you come from. Come from, like, you, you see celebrities that are, like, addicts. You think they have it all. Mm, yeah for sure so it's definitely my mom my mom said the same things to me like what did i do what did i not do and it's not it's not her fault it's not her fault at all it's just something with inside myself that led me to that point and you know i'm still here trying to figure that out i feel like the biggest eye-opening thing for me was when I got here and realized I didn't actually have a drug problem, I have a me problem, a problem with stuff with myself that makes me want to use drugs and alcohol. I mean, nobody just says when they're a child, like, oh, I want to grow up and be a heroin addict. Like, that's not a thing. It just is how that happened for me. So I had to figure out why I was doing the things I was doing in order to stay here. And I think that's like a big thing people come here they get a they get some things they get some material things back they get their kids back their family back they don't really fix what's going on inside of them to make them not live that lifestyle again and eventually you'll go back if you don't fix it yeah that's a great point i think for me some of the things that i've figured out it was stemmed from from low self-esteem and low self-worth and just not not loving me as a person. And I think that's where it really, where the drug use stemmed from. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I've figured out so far. I mean, who knows what will be revealed as I continue this journey, but, but so far that's the conclusion that I've come to. Wait, did you tell me today was your anniversary? Yeah. Six years today. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So awesome. I love when people celebrate. It's like, it makes me feel like I'm celebrating also. Cause you're just like someone else that like stays. It's always a good thing. It's better than the alternative. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I try to make a point of like, it's not just me celebrating. Like it was a team effort, like people in my home group, people that I've met online, 
people in zoom meetings all around the world like man it's it's a team effort like i couldn't have done this by myself so it's not really to me a celebration of look what i did it's like look what we did as a group because i i I never could do it by myself yep never and i think it's just it's proof that the program works if if we work it and it's like i always thought like i could do it by myself like it's just not a thing it's not a thing for me anyway I just, it's too hard to like <clears throat> survive your emotions on your own when they're just sometimes they're so raw. It's hard. It's like, and I feel like someone said that to me a couple, couple years ago. That's all we're trying to do here is survive our emotions at this point. Especially with this year alone, like how emotional this whole entire year has been for everyone in any walk of life, like anyone. This was like a year of survival. I think I'll speak for myself and like everyone else that I know, like it's hard when us as people in the program, we rely on those hugs and those handshakes and we don't have any of that right now. So it it was hard for me. Like I live in an apartment by myself. So I did, I was quarantined in here for months by myself. Like it was definitely like, either a make or break situation and gratefully enough it was like not terrible i'm grateful that like i made it through this year because this year was hard i think for a lot of people like i know a lot of people since the pandemic started that are not in the program anymore it's very very sad yeah it's definitely been a challenging year for everyone definitely well, would you like to promote your podcast? Tell the listeners what the show is about. So it's me and my three friends. <laughs> um, they are crazy. And I think that I add a little more crazy to the mix. I, my podcast is called um, One Podcast at a Time. We are on Spotify. We are on the iPod app on your Apple phone. Um, I don't know what Android is. I'm not sure. But we are four people from Delaware County, Pennsylvania, who talk a lot of trash. We talk a lot of recovery. We have guests on. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We try to, like, bring it to the lighter side of things. It's actually one of my favorite things to do. I just joined the podcast a few months ago. And I just feel like with my experiences the last, like, you know, year and a half, last couple years like I'm all just trying to give back and I feel like this is another way for me to kind of give back um so I take it like as doing that and just like it brings to light a lot of issues and a lot of like things that happen in our lives in recovery and a lot of like different things that a lot of people don't talk about like if you think people aren't going to talk about it we're probably going to talk about it so it's definitely like a good time you should probably tune in and give us a listen I think we're putting out episodes every other week now. Every other Sunday they're released. So check it out. Awesome. And I can't recommend it highly enough. I've been listening to the show, I think, since the beginning. And it's it's a great show. I, I think the best description that I could give it is it's a recovery podcast. But it's almost like the the conversation you have in the parking lot after the meeting. Like, like there's some horseplay and there's some fun and 
jokes and stuff, but there's also, yep. there's still aspects of that recovery too, that come through. So it's, it's a good time. It's, it's fun, but at the same time, there's also some serious topics and you guys talk about some deep things that most people might not talk about. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a lighter side of things That's on some notes. Yeah, it's we have a lot of fun. And I think that's important. It's like a little light sometimes. So. Well, in closing, would you like to maybe give a message for somebody that's new or struggling or just whatever's on your heart? Absolutely. Um, if you're new or you think that you can't, let me just tell you, I thought that I couldn't. I, like I said in my message, I have relapsed 11, 12, 13 times. I can't even count. So it doesn't matter if you're on, you've never relapsed or if you relapsed 15, 20 times, doesn't matter. It could be your last time. Um, and there's never a hopeless situation. Like I always like to say, like when I speak, like as long as you're breathing, there's still hope for a better life. And I honestly wish I could take what I have, like the feeling that I have, the gratitude and the happiness that I feel and give it to everyone. I can't give it to you. I can only hope that for you. And I sincerely do because this life after all the pain is worth it. So just stay. And if you need help, reach out to someone, anyone that will listen, help you. I mean, there are so many people that are willing to help you when you get out. First meeting, new meeting, whatever. Raise your hand, let people know that you're new. Or on Zoom, let people know that you're new. Wh whatever the situation is in your area, we want to help you and we are here for you. So I feel like if I had let people help me sooner, I would have not had to experience all the things, but that wasn't my story. So my advice is to let people help you and love you until you can love yourself. And that's it. I love that. And I think, I think I struggle with the same thing and I would, I would echo that message. Everybody that's in the room is there and willing to help. Like that's, that's one of the main reasons that we're there is to help the newcomer mm -hmm. reach out. Like I know there was a lot, for me, there was a lot of fear and nervousness about reaching out and it was a scary time, but everybody there is, or the majority of people there are good people that want to help. So just reach out and, and let people know. Absolutely. Well, would you like to plug any social media or anything like that? Follow my podcast on one podcast at a time. You can follow me on Instagram at sheer genius. It's just a little bit of hair and a little bit of recovery in there. Yeah. If you ever need someone to talk to, hit me up. I'll, I will always listen. Always. Like my, my DMs are always open. <laughs> so yeah, you can hit me up. Like I said, you can message my podcast. The three of us, four of us would love to talk to you if you're struggling or anything, uh, one podcast at a time. And then, or my personal Instagram is sheer genius. Yeah, that's about it. Brett, thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Chrissy. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Congratulations again. Thanks. Bye. Chrissy, thank you again for being on the show today and sharing your story with us. 
Be sure to check her out on her podcast, One Podcast at a Time. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.